I got a present for you. What present have you got me, Judy? Pooh. Really? What do you like, Judy? Do you like rum doings? No. You don't? I like rum doings. In fact, I love rum doings. Hello. 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 Oh, oh I'm Nick, sorry. Just, oh, I'm Nick, sorry. Nick, I'm Nick. sorry. I'm Nick. really sorry, John. I, I, I apologise. I, I hope you forgive me. What? Well, I, I said hello, and that sounded a bit like hell, and I think that'll offend you, and you'll be upset, and you wish that that <laughs> word had never been invented. I know you're getting a bit sensitive these days, and you're easily offended. So This is true. I'm very, very upset. I'm sorry that I said... Uh, can I say heavenlo? Instead. That's much better. In fact, oh no, I've I've offended you. I've 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 suggested that heaven is low, when in fact heaven is upon high. Oh no, just I'm well, sorry. just amend it once more. Heaven high, heaven high, Nicholas. This is Rum Doings, episode one hundred and twenty-seven. In the other words, this is the local host of episodes. Oh dear. Mm. What's the topic? The topic is what are those. So-called global warming scientists have to say about all this snow. Well, it is the reason why, again, <laughs> we're not meeting one another and we're speaking over the electrons. It's literally impossible to literally. travel outside your own outside your own front door. It is. It's literally impossible. It's because of all the letters that mm-hmm. have fallen out of the sky in the shape of snowflakes. That's why literally impossible. So, I, I drove my car yesterday for the first time since the snowfall. That was quite fun. Nice and icy. Right. Oh, I have a question which I meant to ask you before we start recording, and okay. we can't stop recording. Let the let the light in, Nick. But no, I, I can't let the light in too much because the question may be of a sensitive nature. So I'm going to ask it in a way that won't cause things to be divulged or don't need to be. Am okay. I allowed to talk about special blogs? Uh, no, not yet. Not until I've had full permission. Full clearance. Okay. Yes. Maybe next episode we shall mention it. Until I hope then, so. I do yes. hope so. There are certain interesting things that can genuinely be usefully talked about, um, yes. but we'll wait until clearance has been issued. Otherwise, what? you could be breaching someone's intellectual property. That's true. Yeah. What are you mm. drinking this week, Nick? I'm afraid it's just rooibos tea. Remember when I brought rooibos tea to this country and nobody believed me? I know. I remember mm. I was there. You were there and you were so sceptical you thought it would taste like harpsichords. I did. <laughs> That's true. I'm drinking shandy. Really? Oh, you're going a real all, man's drink. You're going to get all tipsy. And that will be all silly by the end. You will. So why have you become such a maiden aunt offended by everything these days? <laughs> um, because I, I was offended by one thing, that's why. You're offended by two things, actually, in the, in the, in, in the space of a week. Firstly, you're, yes, offended, you're offended by a, a, an obviously problematised work of art. And the second <laughs> thing you were f- offended by was um, a, a film which wasn't up to your taste and therefore you wished to have retrospectively banned. That's right. Those are the two things that I said. Mm. Well, not you, not you said. You implied. You're, you're, <laughs> you, like, like a weirdly UKIP politician, you're very careful not actually to say, let's kill all the darkies. Mm-hmm, but, you, mm-hmm. you know, your, your little dog whistle was there for everybody to hear. If they were, if they were all to die, let's just say it wouldn't be a problem. Exactly. So no, it's so, not, and and I think it's important for the lady and gentleman at home to know mm-hmm. that you and I have talked enormous length about this, and I've made my position far more uh, clear to you than ad nauseum parodied ad nauseum, literally unto nausea. I actually felt sick. <laughs> well, then why did you keep bringing it up? Yeah, well, because I was sick. I tend to bring things up when I'm sick. Okay, very good. Well done. Thank you.
Well, justify yourself then, because yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let, let me actually try and justify for you. Your argument was that you didn't want anything banned, you didn't mm-hmm. want anything censored. However, you were disturbed by an image that was used of a bust of a woman for a zombie game where with all her guts out and yet she was wearing a bikini and had big boobs and yes you were offended by this can you tell me what the word offended means please what the word offended means mm, you were offended well, i know i know what it means when a daily mail person says it i know what it means when people who phone the bbc say it what do you mean when you say it when i said i it person i find that it um, misrep- or, this is the difficult thing. Does it misrepresent my chosen field of expertise or does it horribly represent it? Either way, um, it further just denigrates gaming into this place of morbid misogyny. It sounds like you're upset that it's telling a kind of unpleasant truth. No, it's... it's I think... As I, you know, I've not hidden any of this from you. I know you love to pretend that I think all gaming is wonderful, but there is obviously massive issues with uh, with misogyny, if not sexism, if not just being rubbish about women. Exactly. So um, you're you're, you're and, no and, you're no stranger to that. You admit it. No, of course not. And, but so why are you offended by this? Because this was so egregious and so lazy and so wretched. It was it was like the the poster example of everything that is wrong with the games industry. But you haven't told me why you were offended by it. I'm offended by it because I I believe it was created as and serves to be a um, a representation of this misogynistic ideal of a woman uh, the the physical the tits the body but with none of the brain or the annoying no 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 arms to do actions and no head to do thinking just just the just the breasts to admire and fondle. Yes, but why were you offended by the fact that it was created as an image of this? Yes, that may well represent that. You can interpret it like that. But you were offended by it. You wished it hadn't been done. No, I wished it would not be released as a special edition version of this game. So you think that something that plays directly on a Romanesque bust, a statue and at the same time combines the images of Americana or of um, tacky well, it, UK it was, an, it was UK politics. and Australia. But... Well, exactly, of, of petty, tacky nationalism, and at the same time exploitation uh, genres, and at the same time, of course, the zombie genre, which itself is an interesting um, metaphor for thousands of different things. And it combined all of those very peculiar sorts of subcultures into one strange amalgam and you were specifically offended by it because you thought it had a very specific meaning that upset you. Well, this is where you and I obviously have a big philosophical difference is that I believe that context is relevant. So, and you, you I know you take great offence at this and you, you, indeed you are offended, but um, in the situation where this work were created by someone to make a radical statement against the state of gaming against the state of, of misogyny in the industry. Like and a Dada, like a Dadaist thing, like something Michel Duchamp would have done if he'd been a feminist, in yes, other words. Yes. But it could be like but remember it could be the identical item. Yes, absolutely. But the context in which it was created and displayed is is significant. This was created as a tacky piece of crap to sell a ninety nine pound version of a video game. It was designed just to appeal to lowest common denominator uh, purchases. And you know what? I don't mind that. I, I know you don't I, mind and that. Not only I don't, do. No, no, I don't mind that. And more than that, I don't disagree with you. 
<laughs> yes. I don't disagree with you, but I don't care because the object, however unpleasant its birth, is now in the world and has an interesting part to play in its addition to all the other objects in the but world. But how much do you think is a factor in all this is your drive to find more wrong with gaming to be able to condemn gaming how much does that drive your determinism that this your determination that this be uh... not well we're in a very ironic perhaps even paradoxical situation here in that regard because i am attempting to suggest that some part of gaming culture however peripheral is has produced a work of art and you are desperately trying to tell me it's not art it's rubbish i've never said that it's not art because you can't have that argument it's a stupid argument no you did say well, it was you said, said you said it's not art it's a I've, piece of uh, it's a it's a, it's a rubbish said, advert have, stop calling it art is what you i said. haven't said it's not art i have said that it is advertising advertising can obviously be art well yes otherwise as i said to lose yes. the track would be in trouble but, but it is go. but it is advertising that's it, that's it that's it you whereas you were creating some it had its birth. Ideal it, it had it its birth in advertising. Yes, it did. I would suggest that you're blaming a child for its parents. If it, I'll tell you what though. If it doesn't get released and it's looking, I haven't actually followed it up to see if there's been any new news on this. But the company who made it issued some ridiculous apology, um, which I found more offensive. Than oh the yeah, object. the apology was far more offensive. No, because than I the don't object. think they should have apologised. They should have told you to shut up, you new neo-puritan idiots. That's what they should have said. Oh, okay. idiots. Idiots. Uh, so, but uh, if it were not to be released now, now that now, as if anyone who's got hold of one, now it becomes something fantastically interesting. I think. Yes, it does. Context. You see, I think context is relevant, and you don't, and that's a big difference between us. Context can be relevant, but you said you were offended. You didn't say I took some contextual interest. You were offended, and I don't know on whose behalf you offended. My own, my own behalf, my own, I find misrepresentation of human beings to be offensive. What human being was being misrepresented? The, the women, women in general. The statue, the, the, the zombie statuesque uh, proportion of humanity or, you know, who was being misrepresented by that image and what is the harm of whatever that representation was? What harm in the world is it going to do specifically, that image there, and who is going to read that harm? That's the, that I have no answer for. But I was wanting to talk to you about this. I was thinking, um, would you object to, say, pornography being shown on CBBS? Would I object to? Well, they they showed some. They showed some yesterday by mistake. Um, no, they didn't. They had someone dressed up as Jimmy Savile from yes. two thousand. I think that if CBBS were to show Apocalypse Now or pornography or lions ripping gazelles up, and I say that all three, okay. I, I think it would cause problems because children are, do not have the emotional apparatus to deal with those things in a sensitive way. Um, but on the other hand, we then slip into a dangerous argument where we say someone think of the children because then we start banning mm. things on behalf of the children. So yeah. I'm quite happy that there be, there be um, oases where children can slowly immerse themselves into culture. Um, on the other hand, we mustn't. We must make sure those oases are just oases and aren't used as an excuse to, um, you know, do what the government always wants to do. For example, which is set up mandatory yeah, yeah, porn filters and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And what's interesting in that regard, the other we, the other day we watched the. Um, have you heard of Girls? 
Yes, I love. It. I saw the. I've seen the first few of the first series and thought they were excellent. Yes, yeah, so we were watching. We we kind of did a box setty thing, which we haven't done for a long time this last week, and we watched from episode one to the last episode of the first series. Fantastic. And Judith was awake for some of those episodes, and as you might know, they they can get quite fruity. Mm-hmm. This can be, you know, uh, especially what there's one scene in particular where the British lady. Is hanging out of the window while a gentleman is um, servicing her from behind. Mm-hmm. And and I said, do you do you do you mind if Judith watches this? Because Victoria was there as well. She said, no, I don't mind. They they're 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 enjoying themselves. So you know, it seems that they. Whereas if it had been kind of harder call, then there would have been a there there would have been an issue because I think she would have been actually disturbed by it. Whereas a few people romping about is not going to disturb anybody. Yes, so, you know, I have no idea, but yes. So one 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 draws pragmatic lines what in about, the sand. What about swearing? What if there were regular swearing on children's programming? Well, swearing is a very odd one. I know, it, it is odd, isn't it? In that swearing really does take you into a land of um, semiotics that's difficult to be rational about. Uh the fact is, children from a very young age will hear swearing and will swear, and mm-hmm. those are words that are uttered. What is it that we found disturbing about swearing? See, that's the thing, and I, I, I think yes, and obviously there is. A and huge I don't, and, and I find some, I do find something disturbing about it in an aesthetic sense. Uh, but what I find disturbing about it is the same thing that I find disturbing about people who say nice and like all the time. <laughs> I find it I find it uh, aesthetically disturbing when it is used as a lazy placeholder. Okay, when, well that's okay. When swearing is used I, is is used interestingly, I don't mind. Sure, but I think every I think most sensible people will agree that just that grammatical swearing is is tedious. But what about just say the ag- aggressive use of the c word, not necessarily to a woman or a man, just just aggressive use of the c word. Do you find do you have any reaction to that? Um it's it has well we need to look up various uh, philosophers of language like Grice who talked about the illocutionary act. So the problem with that word is when it becomes an act of intent. Uh, and then it it's not the word so much as the explosive emotion expressed mm-hmm. by the word. That's yeah. the issue. That's, um, where, that's where I'm trying to steer this toward. That's what I'm coming And if of. somebody when... screams loudly in your ear, just a guttural animalistic scream, I think it's the same sort of thing. It's it's it is the emotion that you interpret and the threat that you feel from that emotion, I guess. But what I'm what, what I'm asking is: is there a point at which a visual image can have the same effect, where you would at a certain point say, "No, actually, I don't want you to scream that that word in my ear. No, I don't want you to put, have this visual image in well, my face." Yes, you you can. You can say, "I I, I find that over sensorially overwhelming." I suppose, and then you'd look away, or you'd block your ears. I guess, but isn't that isn't once you've you if you have to look away if you have to block your ears aren't you isn't that all a bit too late to that point isn't that a bit after the fact? Well, you know the world. <laughs> yes, indeed, and you know that I'm not. I realise I'm very nervous to say those words because I'm not certainly not suggesting that we we pre censor things in case they might offend someone. I'm very much in agreement with the argument that everyone has a right to be offended and should defend it. Well, the problem is that everyone will take offence uniquely. Yes. 
And so if we really wanted to filter out everything that could cause offence, and that would include, for example, things that arbitrarily cause problems for people who suffer from post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, what, what my, they might have fixated on as they saw their child get knocked over by a car is a little butterfly that happened to fly in front of their face. And from then on, every time they see a butterfly, they feel sick, they feel violently abused. Well, I think I agree with banning butterflies. Moths or butterflies? That's the problem, though, because if you ban butterflies, do you keep moths? Oh, gosh. Well, I'd ban moths before I banned anything on Earth, so... Mm. Still, after all your censoriousness, I know what it actually was. Yes? It was, it was really, you were just having um, a pre-snow pre tension. Oh, but then you got your snow. I got my snow and everything was okay. You, I mean, the people have heard talk on this podcast about how it's very rare that Bath actually gets snow. It's a special bubble that it usually is. repels it. But Jesus popped the bubble and you got it. We got the best of it too. It was amazing. I mean, it's you funny. You must admit that it became tedious though. No, no. Today, today um, the whole of Britain has debilitating snow except for the southwest so i'm back if we hadn't had last week's snow right now i probably would be on the verge of a nervous breakdown watching news reports of five five thousand schools are closed and the roads are unusable and the airports are closed and i there's not we haven't had a flake fall from the sky i would have absolutely lost my mind if we hadn't had last week's snow well i've had enough of this snow because it's become unpleasant and slushy well that's the that's a price the small price to pay for the magical happiness my gr before it. We, I've tried to ignore it, but my mother bought Judith a, a sled today. Hey. So, you know, we're, we're being pulled into your horrible little <laughs> cult. As I've said before, I've, as I've said before, Such it's a, a free toy that falls out of the sky to reject it is sheer madness. Yeah, well, we made multicoloured snowmen. I saw. And various other um, snow artefacts. I liked somebody posted that they filled up balloons mm, the marbles. With, 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 yeah, with, with coloured uh, water with, um, and then in the morning they'd frozen and they peeled off the balloon. And as you said, they had these big iridescent coloured marbles, giant might, ones. We're going to get minus four tonight. I might have a go at that tonight. You definitely should have a go at that tonight if you've got any balloons, though. So for me, snow snow is also very rare. So because uh, you know, there's often things where people say, "Oh, you remember the long hot summers of your youth?" And of course, there weren't any long hot summers. So everyone had a very long school holiday during mm. which one or two weeks would be exceptionally warm, and you'd have a lovely time, and you'd forget the four weeks you spent inside because it was drizzling. Mm. But I, snow, I hate your England. Yeah. Oh yeah, because you and you were very blessed not to have to go through that during primary school. No. Um, but with snow, it, it is a, it's a different thing. I do remember there being snow at, at the, in the winter in my childhood. And then there just wasn't any. For 18 years, there wasn't any snow. So I went from mem memories of it as a small child to a, a huge portion. 18 is just under half my life. Yes. Of, of my ad adult life, just for never having snow, never experiencing it, never getting to see it. It was just ridiculous. So when it snowed in 2009, it was just so fantastic. And, and so, so it snowed three times since then. Well. So it's treasure. Yes, but would you like to live somewhere that snowed almost every day in winter, and that was it? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, because my brother, my brother now is a professor at the University of Minnesota, and of course, it's minus twenty-five degrees there at the moment. And you know oh, what God. Minnesota is like, Duluth. So, 
I didn't know that he was over there now doing that now. Yes, exactly. And you know, let's professor let's be of what um, American history. What? They can't well, allow the Brits to teach that. Well, obviously, they. they I, I think they decide. I suppose it's a bit like when you've got um, lots of competing Americans, and they say, "Well, let's bring in a, a, a Brit because you know he comes from outside, so he's not going to argue." He's he his PhD was in um, was was in a founding father you've never heard of. Oh, who's that? John Witherspoon. I know John Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon's great 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 grandfather. Is that is that a true fact? I believe it is. Why, you course, don't, why would you know John Witherspoon? Just because he's a Christian? No, just because I've read stuff about founding fathers. He's, um, of course, also star- a, a creator of the Witherspoon's uh, pub chain. Oh, yes. And a uh, profound player in the Scottish Enlightenment. And a Christian. All the best ones are. Mm. Yeah, so if you want to know anything about John Witherspoon, except like the date he died or something because he seems to be hopeless with dates <laughs> <laughs> do do ask him about him and he'll bore you and the to good death. thing the good thing about american history of course there isn't there it doesn't take too long to learn no exactly there's not very much of it and exactly. uh, yeah we say horrifically offensively about all the native americans who were there for for, for tens of thousands of years <laughs> they weren't really though were they they were just playing well they were idiots they didn't write stuff down it was background they were just extras they just went whoa, 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 and that was it <laughs> That's right, until the cowboys came along and made it interesting. They had nothing to do, they had no one to run away from. No, exactly. Wonderful. The disaster. And have so, you watched Barack Hussein Obama's inauguration yet? I did not watch it, no. I haven't watched it I've either. i clips. I didn't think it was needed. He sounded very feisty. He, I, I've had George Coxcomb's uh, discussion about it, and he did say that he seems to have found his cojones, but I wonder whether there's just a temporary little blip and then he'll go back to being the wimp. Well, he's got... He's in that, that magical four years of who cares and I can't get re-elected anyway. Yeah, it depends. Um, but then, of course, there is the balance of, well, we would like the Democrats to win the next election too, though, Mr. Obama. And also we'd like to get both houses if possible and all that kind yeah. of thing. So, you know. But maybe, uh, you know, do it t- turns out making lots of promises and not keeping any of them didn't win him a second house, so perhaps mm. he's trying a different tact. May tack tack. I don't know why I said tack. Tact. I was disgusted at myself as the final T came out my mouth. I'm offended. Can you rewind time and uh, stop that, please? No, you have to live with your offence. <sighs> it's so disgusting. Tell me what you're going to be offended about next week. Let's have the offence forecast this week. Do it this week or next week? Um, next, no, this week. Okay, this week. What are you going to be offended about next? Um, I think I shall probably be offended by, um. I imagine what will happen is I'll see a nipple. Ooh. I haven't decided if it's going to be male or female, though. Ooh. Well, it doesn't have to be either. Doesn't it? No, it could be an intersex nipple. I don't know if you have intersex nipples. You're the... so Listen, cis I... and trans. I know um, I am, aren't based. I? Yes. Listen, because I, if you let me finish my sentence, because the owner of the nipple will probably have declared an interest, no matter which particular physical state their body is in at the time. Is my rationale behind that? No, intersex. I don't know much about intersex. Well, tell me about intersex. Is that uh, people who just haven't decided? I think people have just, or who've decided explicitly not to choose, and they're sort of like a blur. Oh, okay, I saw a lovely sketch on Portlandia with uh, the the feminist bookshop owners mm-hmm. um, refusing to learn the sex of um, a nephew, uh, a nephew or niece. Obviously, they didn't know which. Yeah. Trying to change its nappy without finding out. 
Oh yes, no, that's happened. Uh, it happened a couple of years ago, where they weren't, they didn't want to tell the grandparents the sex of the child, and so the grandparents obviously could never change his nappy, so that they wouldn't affect the way it treated the child, and so that's right. Which was interesting. I could talk more about transsexuals, but I think we'll offend people if. if well, we you do. might. I'm enlightened. I realised the um, <laughs> philosophical problem I had uh, with transsexualism. Yes, and it's that we're we in good liberal society are being asked to hold two contradictory ideas in our head at once, which we okay. can do. I mean, we're quite good at doing that, but we just, I just I just want people to explain it to me. The first idea is that to essentialize or to create any set of specific nailed down characteristics by which we identify that which is female or that which is male is considered essentialism and is considered uh, reactionary and oppressive. So you say all women are X or all women do X, Mm -hmm. all men are X, all men do X, even most men are X and most men do X, most women are X and most women do X, is not considered a good thing to do in polite society. Uh, It gets very radical to the stage where uh, I had a lecturer at university who would become very angry if you even suggested that there were any biological differences that were pretty much easy to nail down. And that was a kind of uh, sort of liberal arts feminist perspective. So uh, you you understand that notion that we really mustn't stereotype anything culturally or uh, in character or in philosophy that would try to nail down what it means to be a woman or what it means to be a a man, because you're excluding a lot of people who won't necessarily want to identify with such a uh, precise and arbitrary collection of definitions. Right. So you're not, I mean, that doesn't sound odd to you. I mean, that's something that we're generally, you know, uh, to, to put it broadly, uh, a, a man can be a nurse and a woman can be a doctor and we don't worry about that sort of nonsense anymore. We don't, yes. uh, we don't, we're not. Suddenly you get a transsexual who says, I am a woman in a man's body. I know I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. But okay. that's, that, that's, that's, be- that's, that isn't that begging a question because in order to be able to identify what it is to be a woman, you're taking, you're, you're essentializing certain characteristics and you're saying, because I am not X, I am therefore Y. So aren't you begging the question? Aren't you saying, actually, you need to have some innate notion of what it is, come what may, no arguments to be a woman? Or are you saying that the notion of being a woman is, in fact, meaningless and they're just saying something that's sort of poetic, and it's just they wish to enter a psychological state that makes them better, but it actually doesn't have any essential meaning. That's an interesting apparent logical fallacy. I, I don't, I don't have an answer to that, and I don't mind if there isn't an answer to that because actually people can live with contradictions quite happily. Mm. But, but what what I find interesting about that contradiction is it's two very important legs of liberal tolerance that appear to be slightly tripping themselves up. And the, yes. only, and the only other place I found this sort of slight uneasiness is in, on, in either extremes of the abortion debate, 
you know, where you think, well, actually, there isn't any easy answer, to be honest. Yeah, and and all we can do is try and be as decent as we can and as accepting as we can and as tolerant as we can and realize that um, in this world, this is what's going to cause the greatest amount of suffering and this is what's going to cause the least amount of suffering and we'll, we'll aim for the least. Mm-hmm. But what I don't like is when people try and turn it into some coherent program that's very clearly defined and you don't need to have any ambiguities or ask any questions about it because it's all been sorted out for you and it's in a manual which it hasn't been anybody who isn't constantly thinking about these things and being interested by the very ambiguity of these issues is probably slightly deluding themselves of course yes i would i would hope at best Anyone who's made their mind up on euthanasia, abortion, any of these things is is not to be trusted. There was a horrible euthanasia story the other day. I mean, I don't say horrible because I wouldn't have necessarily, I wouldn't have done it myself. It's just because of the implications of it is in Belgium, there were, there were, uh, there were twins, uh, two, two men. And I think they're in the late thirties or early forties. And they had been deaf since birth. And through to some congenital thing, they were both going blind and dumb as well. And and rather than succumb to it completely, I think last week they went to a hospital and were euthanized mm-hmm. together. As they say, and so the the um, hospital gave them both a little injection. Good heavens! What? Uh, yeah, ugh. It's I legal. Mean, it's legal in Belgium to. No, 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 no. My 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 ugh is purely at that's being in that situation. Just the idea of suddenly just being a complete shut in. Yes, exactly. And, you know, what, what What you do in that situation is you, you hope you can learn Braille pretty damn quickly, I guess, at best. Yes, Maybe. Braille and sign language, I guess. But it's not... No, you, it's, well, a sign language wouldn't work because you're blind and deaf. No, 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 to speak to others. I guess so, yeah. And then not, yeah, and then hope that people can... And people have sort of tap your, tap your hand, I guess. So, yes, but and... Is and, it, is, yeah. and there's no there's no pat way to feel in response to that you can't just say well the way you feel about that is x (laughs) y and z divided by four (laughs) you just go what a what an interesting world this is isn't it yes and that's why i think when you just start shouting about statuettes you're missing a whole array of more interesting discussions (laughs) is that right well bear in mind where i was shouting about them nick i was shouting them on about them on a on a web- website about video games. I think you're just upset because PCs are now properly dying. Like yeah, they are. Having you're... had the biggest year ever, it's just been a disaster. Oh dear, you're being deluded, are you? Oh, <laughs> Deluding myself with facts. PCs sold fewer last year than in 10 years. Oh, the machine... No, 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 the machines themselves, certainly. It's going to be really interesting. This year is probably going to be the best for PC uh, for a long time. Because mm. the consoles come out this Christmas. I think I know we said this before, but the consoles yeah. come out this Christmas, so people aren't going to want to buy the 360 or the PS3 because they know it's about to be replaced. No, um, the developers will want to push more out. They're they're currently working on dev kits for the new consoles, so they're going to want to push more out of PC versions. It, it just tends to be the year before a console release tends to be a good year for PC. Mm. So this is going to be good. Next year is going to be very interesting because there's be, there'll be two new consoles out. The PCs, obviously, any bog standard PC you buy in the shops is going to be better than either of those consoles. But that's by the by. Mm. Um, but you've also got, obviously, the ubiquity of tablets. The next generation of Google stuff is going to come out. And it's going to be so. It's probably and, to... and Steam boxes. Steam Steam boxes are PCs, Nick. Yeah, are um, you going to be covering it as if it were a PC? In, I, I don't want to talk about that because we've got we've got plans. Um, 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you off air. Obviously, I mean, obviously, Rob Hepshotgun's going to have to cover it because otherwise, eventually, you'll have nothing to cover. You're going to have to be a little bit broader about your definition of what a PC is than. Um, no, no, no. That, that, yeah, that, that, that opens up an interesting, interesting discussion. So we have there is the situation where the desktop PC is looking like it's it's in it's under threat. Well, so let's at least point... say it's evolving into something different. Yeah, absolutely. So the question is: is a surf is a then when the new Surface tablet comes out this year? The one which has a full working version of Windows on it. Yeah, well, why if, isn't if you can call Windows 8 working, but there you sure, go. Yeah, okay, but why isn't that a PC? I can't see any good argument to say that it's not a PC. It's got well, a you're, PC. Just, you're just being um, touch-phobic, aren't you? Just exactly. Cause, just because somebody doesn't have a keyboard doesn't mean they're not a PC, John. But, a, but the Windows tablet comes with a keyboard. I think that's a definition of PC-hood. The, the Windows tablet comes with a keyboard as in in its case. That's the point. Mm. It's so defiantly a PC. So, mm. and then at that point, well, why can't why? Is see it, what I was doing there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But anyway, why isn't my uh, Transformer Prime a PC? Just because it's running an Android OS, it doesn't mean it's not a PC. Well, I'm running uh, Linux. Does that mean I'm not a PC? Well, it that that, that comes to an interesting thing where, as for Rock Paper Shotgun, we would classify three different platforms. Uh, you would normally say Windows, you would say Windows, Mac, and Linux, but Windows has become just interchangeable with PC. So people tend to say PC. Well, and well Mac. that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. I agree. People, we shouldn't do that. But that seems especially to be the way it now. Is. But yes, yeah, so we we absolutely cover Linux and, and Mac releases much more than we ever did before. Yeah, and and and, 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 and in the future you'll be doing it even more. Yes. Well, I don't <laughs> I don't know about Mac really. I can't imagine Mac gaming is going to become. So I've given you one slightly upsetting story about the twins. I've got a slightly more upsetting story in a, oh, weird, yes. in a weird way from closer to home. And I need to remember the exact words that we used because they're pertinent to one's reaction. I was getting the bus home from Burnt Oak uh, tube station the other day. And I mention the race of these people because it's pertinent to the um, narrative. as you're And friends. because you're a massive racist. Yes. Well, you'll find out the problem. Um, there was... A black woman, probably in her 30s, and mm-hmm. there was a young black teenage girl, uh, she's probably about 16, and the, she, she was, you know, she, she was uh, quite a sassy, sassing uh, girl, and she, she, she'd, she'd take, she bought some junk food, the, the girl, mm-hmm. and she had, and she threw her Coke can and the box of junk food on the floor next to the bus stop, even though there was a dustbin literally next to her. Now, the older older black woman really laid into her. There wasn't any relation. She just saw her says, she said, I live here. You don't do that sort of thing. You put that in the bin. How can you just throw stuff around? And the girl said, shut up. Stop speaking like an uptight white bitch. And she, because and, black and, people uh, like to litter. Uh, and, the, and the woman said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and she said, you heard me. Only uptight white bitches care about that sort of bleep. Wow. And she and the woman, the older woman, didn't actually know what to say to that. So she just walked away and said, oh, my God, I, I live here. I can't believe you. And she was just kind of dumbfounded. And, yes. and I was about to get on the bus as well to get home. And because this girl was getting a bus, I, I couldn't actually bring myself to get on the bus with her because I thought, I'm going to, I, I'm just going to, I'll, I'll just blow up and I, I you know, I'll, I will end up, I don't know what. I just said, I can't be in a semantic situation where I'm in a bus with somebody like this. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry. So I walked home. <laughs> 
like, isn't that weird and disturbing? And she's created a whole new ridiculous stereotype for black people. Yes, black well, people it... litter. Well, isn't that sad though? That the young <laughs> the youngster now thinks that she defines herself as 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 an ethnically mandated litterer. <laughs> And that's really, uh, and I wasn't, I was kind of slightly shocked and and saddened by it. But it's also, I mean, it's also absolutely absurd and funny. But on the other hand, you think, my God, what must her family life be like if that's, yeah, if those yeah. are the sort of values that she has. And also there's a kind of um, weird, not self-hatred, but a kind of uh, a low expectations there as well. The low expectations of racism, I guess, in a weird way that she's internalized, which is, Depressing, and I hope it's not reflective of anything other than one bonkers young girl. Yes, let's hope so. Oh, yeah. talking of which, Laura and I watched a programme last night. Well, that was a mistake. Called The Valleys. Who's it's, Laura? Uh, she's a wife I've met. Oh, right. Yeah, you, you got one of those a couple of years ago, didn't you? Yeah, a couple of years ago. A year yeah. and a half, something like that. How's married so, life treating you? Lovely. So, it was called The Valleys. It was on MTV, and it was about a group of Welsh <laughs> 20-somethings from The Valleys. And they were all singing, because it's music television. Yes, that's right. They were singing and dancing. They moved. They were making this big move to Cardiff, a move so huge, so significant that they were discussing it like they were moving abroad. And no. then one of them popped back home in the evening of one of the days. It was amazing. It was the most repulsive and and devastating piece of TV I've ever seen in my life. Was it more repulsive than um, Farage? Oh, 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 that's a good point. I did mm. watch Question Time as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a tough one. But it was... You know how Big Brother, they're always desperate to try to find contestants who'll shag each other in the house? Yeah. All they need to do is put contestants from the valleys, it turns out. This lot were just... It was just about seeing who was going to have sex with who first in this house. With whom? With in. whom? No, that's how bad it was. Nobody... Well, I'm sure no, they were it was, all it, objects. It, it they were all grammar. objects. So they were, they were whom, whom was having sex with whom, because they were just all objects. Nobody was a subject. It was, it was, it was, we, we decided to watch the whole thing. I think out of morbid curiosity and a t- test of stamina. Well, you're a bit puritanical. Anything. I'm sure they're having fun. But when, oh, but the reason I raise it is that the, the one girl goes back to her parents' house uh, to drop her dog off because it turned out looking after her dog was too difficult for her. Mm-hmm. And, and you saw the parents and saw the mother and, and, and yes, he just mm. sort of wanted to just medivac her from the house. Like it's a medical emergency that she'd be removed from those parents. Well, yes, at least I admit these things, you see. I admit to being an awful, almost eugenic snob. And I'm quite... I kind of quite wish... I wish... Come on now, let's have you sterilised and you removed and you you brought with some nice middle-class parents and let's sort you all out. And it's... Yeah, of course, one can't do that in real life, but you have to admit you sometimes have fantasies <laughs> oh, about I, that, I, John. I watched, I watched my first ever episode of One Born Every Minute... Oh, I've not seen that. No, I I couldn't bring myself to watch that. I instantly became in favour of eugenics. Yes, just for everybody. Absolutely, there's just a a blanket eugenics ban on humanity after one episode of that programme. Yeah, well, there you are. It seems to me that we just need to put a stop to this human rubbish. This ridiculous breeding. Yeah, exactly. So here's another troubling thing. Okay. Have you seen the video? It's a very troubled episode. It's a very problematised episode. Have you seen the uh, the YouTube vi- uh, episode of Pendulette on Glenn Beck's show? I watched the beginning of it where 
Pendulet talked about anarchism on one side and no, pe- socialism and communism. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Beck did. Beck did. Beck did. Yeah. And then I saw Penn sitting there, and I thought, I can't bear to see where this is going. So, like you do, at yes. that point, I had it retrospectively banned. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Well, I watched all forty-two minutes of it. Um, and. Well, it was I love the way they considered they, they considered the constitution anarchist. I mean, for yes. goodness sake, yeah, the electoral college that stops the rampage of the masses is so anarchist. <laughs> yes, indeed. keeping slaves, my god, that's anarchistic. <laughs> so, but what was what was strangest about it is that um, well, Penn Penn is there advocating his um, libertarianism, his libertarian, stuff, libertarianism. To yeah. the extent of which he was he was angrily denouncing the idea of um, of uh, public health care and stuff like that. Of course. Um, and Beck was in. It's weird because they're having this discussion, and then obviously it's all about wanting to re- wanting smaller government and 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 wanting self control and, and complete freedom of expression and all this stuff. Which uh, you know, and when it comes to freedom, you find yourself agreeing. And when it comes to um, Guns, individualism I find myself up. strongly disagreeing and then mm. and so you're finding yourself kind of going back and forth through this and you're finding Glenn Beck so, so seeming to come across not quite as mad as he usually does as a result of this yes of course because, and it turns out it's just because he's so duplicitous and so vile that he just pretended to be another human being in order that Penn Gillette would like him yeah of course and then you, I quickly reminded myself who he really is by watching uh, another recent clip of his where he announced the city that he's going to build in America yeah. Jesus Town uh, Independence it's called yeah it's going to yeah. cost two billion dollars now here's a fantastic thing about Independence mm-hmm. um you can send, he recommends, that once it's built, you will send your your, your children, just before they go off to college, mm-hmm. send them there for a week or two in the summer, mm-hmm. if they can be taught stuff before they go to college. And then each year after, uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in the summer from college, they can come back for a week's deprogramming. <laughs> That'll work. A, a week's depro- deprogramming from the evil cult of the rest of the world. Of secular evil freedom. And that's the strange thing. So, so Pendulet is one of these people who you, he's a little always, bit stupid. You always know there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, I like him. I like him. Yes, I can't help exactly. not liking him. Yes, and, exactly. And and he's a he's a good music, magician, and he isn't actually stupid, but he is. He shows a very specific sort of American naivety with regard to um, libertarianism, which I've seen in a number of different areas. Um, different areas where people who I can see are very intelligent and are driven and are upset by what big corporate interests and what government are doing. And that's their response. I've seen this in the nutrition industry, in the nutrition world as well. People have very interesting ideas and, oh, look, they're a big fat libertarian. Um, and it's always, it's, it's almost inevitable in America. That's the default position to take. But it's not a libertarianism that is mediated by world-weary experience. It's a kind of weird, utopian, culty, uh, constitution worshipping um, religion that gets itself tied up in extraordinary knots to justify the most hideous uh, of existences. It's amazing. And it's, um, as Stuart Campbell said of the whole interview, he says, I wish it, uh, wish it were less apparent that Gillette basically just really hates paying tax. 
Well, that's mainly what it is, yes. Exactly. Well, he must be a billionaire, right, with his Vegas show. With his Vegas show and all, yeah, and it's been going on for how many years now? Many, many years. He must, if he's not yeah. a billionaire, he's he yeah, must well, be getting close. Well, I would have thought, um, no, I would have thought so, because he's been doing it for about 20 years now, and I think he gets between 20 and 30 million a year just from those shows anyway, so certainly, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think there's a certain amount of money you go past where you just have to go bonkers. I think so, yes. It flips the bonkers switch. Yes. Whereas if you look at, I don't know any of Teller's uh, politics, but every time I read an interview with him or see him lecture, the lectures, the few lectures he's done and so on, he just comes across as a magnificent man. Yes, he does. I think he is the quiet intelligence, obviously. Oh, there's no, they, between them, they would never deny that. Teller is the, is the brains behind the operation. uh, And I like him because he taught Latin. He did. And he is, um, he puts on Shakespearean productions every year. Hmm. And he just seems to care about stuff. Yes, he's a he's a culturally nuanced figure, whereas Penn plays the buffoon rather a lot more. And has the an S and M dungeon in the basement of his house. Isn't that does exciting? It? He does. Mm. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, most musicians do, I would imagine. I imagine even probably Jimmy Savile had one, and he was just <laughs> a uh, he, even you, lovely cuddly. Jim will fix it. He was just a DJ. It's quite funny. We talked about uh, Jimmy Savile on this podcast soon after he died. Oh, yes. And, we, and we, you know, go and listen back. It's quite interesting. I was saying, oh, he was an interesting, he was a weird character, and so on, and kind of skirting around the issue of what we really thought. But, or not, maybe. I mean, I, again, as everybody says, he was just too obvious. So you no, didn't uh, actually think that. Yeah, I never, I never, I, I knew the stories of his, um, his entertaining himself in morgues, mm. but I didn't know that they would be children in those morgues. Isn't it funny how as all this stuff's coming out, no one's really talking about that because it's just a bit too gross. Yeah, that's too much. Uh, did you... I mean, it's sort of always alluded to when there's always special keys and access to uh, yes. areas of the hospital, but they never will actually mention the, the words. Yeah. Uh, did you... Did you... You know, Michael Wynn has died. Yes, I am aware of this. And did, did you see it was tweeted all over the place? Um, and into, there, there was a, pa- a, a sort of interview stroke panel show where... Um, it did, with Richard Littlejohn. With Little, Little John and a uh, lesbian couple and him. And I think he brought him on and expected that he would be uh, ribald with him against the lesbians. And he suddenly... Mm-hmm. And, and then Winner suddenly turned on Littlejohn and said he was a disgrace and he just brought them in to be, pur- to be purient about them and to be offensive and disgusting and so on. And he said... <laughs> and, and Littlejohn was slightly shocked that his putative ally had turned on him yes which was nice i think that's a, it's a nice tribute to mr winner and his it dinners is. so there you and are his special advertising campaigns calm down dear yeah. i have a question i have a question for you about advertising um have you, you must have seen it's hard to avoid the kevin bacon adverts i've seen them in the cinema um i haven't seen them in the cinema but i have seen them on the television where he's doing the six degrees of kevin bacon the sad thing about them is how how rubbish the examples that they've yes! chosen have been. They've been yes. so... They, they seem to miss the point of the game, and they say, oh, that that name has the same number of letters as that name, and then that name over there is a colour like that name, and therefore they're related to me somehow. No, those that's are not good. how it those, works. Those ones you've made up are too good for the examples they have in the advert. Or something like... Uh, a dog. This is a biscuit, and a dog sometimes will eat a biscuit. And, yeah, that's the level of it. Yeah, and and, and dogs are are, are 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 entities in the world, and the world <laughs> contains atoms, and this man's made of atoms. 
Exactly. Well, but That's now... what upset me. That offended me a lot more than figurines, I can tell you. Okay, so he, there's, there's Kevin Bacon doing this. Now, Kevin Bacon's movie star, why is he doing this? It turns out he lost his fortune, all his millions, in a scam. <laughs> Idiot. Now, do you feel his, his advertising is more or less justified, or do you accept it a little bit more to watch his sad, pathetic performance? Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, he, I've never thought he was very good in any respect, so I didn't respect him anyway. <laughs> so your arti- your off the artistic roll call doesn't count if people weren't that great in the first place. Well, if they are, if you if they weren't really on the artistic roll call, how do they get get That's off true. it? But yeah. surely you feel the same visceral fury when you hear Victoria Wood doing voiceovers for Dyson adverts. I think why I feel that about Victoria Wood is that she plays on a certain sort of manufactured authenticity and it's the kind of uh, she she's getting away with it whilst yeah. it's actually a, <laughs> yes. a high artifice and i think that's again as you've noticed has been the topic of the podcast that uh, so when people don't acknowledge the ambiguities and the hypocrisies that's when i become annoyed and it's, it's kind of she, she's wanting to eat her cake and have it this is true um and another thing i just thought of to say good I, 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 I want to say a name to you, and I want you to explain why. Okay. Miranda. Sexism. Yes? Yeah. Is it because she's not that good looking? I think it's because I think she must be funny. And yes. she ticks the box, because she is, she's no good. She's no she's good. just, just awful. You know what that girl said about dropping litter? Uh-huh. That's, that's the lady equivalent. Sorry. No good. No good. I'm sorry. And I, I did want to like her because she looked kind of wacky and cooking. I was hoping it would be an interesting performance, but it wasn't. It was no good. And so many people I know said, oh my goodness, I just cry with laughter the whole time. No, you don't. Wonder. You're just showing off to show what, what... I don't know what you're showing off because it's no good. It's just no good. Um, and, and, and you know, we, we, we have both admitted, because we're magnanimous gentlemen, that mm-hmm. ladies can do comedy sometimes. With permission from a, from their their husband or their dad or their other male master. Um, for ex, for example, I think you disagree with me, but I think some of the best comedy I've seen in the last five years was um, oh God, what's it called with with, with Joe Brand and Scanlon and Vicky Pepperdine. Oh moving, no, I didn't moving, disagree with you. I just said it on. was a bit. It was just a bit too dark for me to enjoy yeah. very much. Oh no, wonderful, it was stuff. very good, and of course, Girls is good. Nighty night, nighty night, good. All that stuff's good. So I'm, um, I'm not prepared to agree with you, John, that women cannot be funny. I can't agree with you there, but I will agree with you that Miranda isn't funny. Okay, as long as okay. you'll give me just that one, I'll give you just that one unfunny lady. She actually, uh, there's another one who I don't like either. Oh yes, and that's that. What's that? What's that lady called? He, Sarah he Milligan. No, he does that. Thing. Oh, she she does a she does a thing called sexy, I don't and sometimes know. speak French. She goes fish jam. I have no idea what you're talking about. And goes jam. Oh, cake or death? Oh, you're thinking of Eddie Izzard. He wears dresses, so he's an honorary lady, and he's no good. Sorry, he was good back in no, the day. Never good. <laughs> this is funny because I remember when we forced you, good. we 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 strapped you down to the ground with duct tape and forced you to watch an Eddie Izzard, and you enjoyed it. Oh, talking about repeating things we've said on previous podcasts. Um, yes. <laughs> did you? Okay. Did you see the massive number of complaints from the last episode 
No. You didn't? Actually, I, do you know what? I haven't read the thread under the last episode because I don't really care about this podcast. No, you don't care at all. You don't care about many things. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, here, are, here are just just some of the complaints, John. Are uh-huh. you ready? Yep, yep, I'm ready. Um, let me see if I can find it for you. Um, no, it's not. They, they, they generally approved of the Tolkien stuff. You'll good, be good. happy to know. Uh-huh, oh, no, uh-huh. it's, not, it's not that one. It's the, ah, it's, no, the Christmas special is the one they were angry about, I think. Oh, right. They were quite cross. Ryan H says, geez, this one has a lot of repeated topics. <laughs> so there was one person who was annoyed by it. No, and you're about to hear someone else. And I'm this is the one. This. No, this is the one that I found weird. And can you tell me what this, what the point was? Okay. And the Christmas one was a nice one because we we actually did it in person. Yes, I really enjoyed uh, the Christmas one. And Sam says it was nice to hear you in the same room as each other in a relaxed and jovial mood. Uh-huh. The only naff part was the job status willy-waving. This section felt a bit gauche when many feel lucky to have a job at all and are taking de facto pay cuts. Sorry if this seems a little po-faced, but it's possibly the only time in four years or whatever that you've annoyed me. So what was that about? I don't remember waving my willy about my job. Do you remember doing that? Um, oh, I, I have a vague recollection of our talking about how we both managed to create successful businesses. Yeah, and it was, and I think I remember the mood. I re- if if it's is that, if that's what it was, I remember we said this on an episode. But there, um, but there, for the grace of God, go both of us. I well, mean, exactly. And tomorrow, I that, everything could be destroyed. And it was very, very easily. Much, and that was very much the context. It was a sense of, you know, we've known each other about eighteen years now, mm. um, and we could never have seen that as being things that we would have done. No. And we're not, not because it was important. We just never, you know, it was just like, didn't really give it any thought. And it's like, to, just odd to reflect on the fact that, you know, the 10 years ago we were here and now we're here. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's a really wonderful thing for us. And, and, and it I'll, doesn't, and it doesn't mean that we won't both be in the gutter in two no. or three years time. I mean, we're in a very volatile uh, part of the world, both of us, yes. where things can, you know, things can change very quickly. So well, I think what, uh, during a Christmas episode, one's allowed to be thankful for the blessings. One we can be that. thankful. And indeed, of course, Sam maybe isn't aware of the no false modesty rule. Oh, that's probably the problem. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, I think you're right. It's the no false modesty rule. Sam, the no false modesty rule is going to be explained by John now. Yep, I think that sums it up. Excellent. Shall we say goodbye to yes, the lady? Yes, because I need a wee wee. We will only say goodbye to the ladies today because we've been rude about them. Heaven high, heaven high ladies. Whether, whether they were born one or not, heaven high. Heaven high. <laughs>